92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. And welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Travis, got my brother Quentin here, and we're about to make our next stop uh, on the school bus route through our uh, developmental years queue of, of music listening. Picking up all our favorite bands along the way. We're talking 2000, 2001, 2002, the early aughts. Uh, by this point, 20, 2002, we, we still didn't have our license yet. Um, you know, so we're freshmen in high school trying to figure out who we were. And this is the music we were listening to, Q. Last week, we talked about Boxcar Racer. That was our sidetrack episode for Blink-182. Uh, so punk, right? Pop punk. So we thought a nice transition out of that would be to talk about some punk emo or, you know, I put it in the same vein almost as like pop punk, but this has got an emo flair to it. And, uh, definitely not as, as cheery. No. You know, like with, with the power. Right. And that's and maybe that's why, that's why it gets the emo label. Right. Because while Blink is, is singing about, you know, just having a good old time. This band in particular, as well as other bands in the emo umbrella, going to sing about some stuff that's going to, you know. I, you know what? The funny thing about this band, though, they're not singing about anything too depressing either. Let's get real here. But today we are talking about Hot Rod Circuit, a little band from Alabama. I have no idea how um, I may have stumbled upon this record. I don't know if it was something I picked up at that little CD shop that we went to. Um, CD, CD Addict. Shout out to CD, CD Addict. Addict. Uh, it's not <laughs> rest in peace. Um, it it was. I mean, here's the thing: the owner of the shop. Not that anybody gives a shit. <laughs> but if you live in Denton, Texas, or if you've ever been, you may uh, you may be familiar with a record store called Mad World Records. It's off of the Square, and the Square is if you're from Denton. Or if you've ever been there, that's where all the stuff is. That's where all the, the fun stuff happens. That's where all the music happens, the bars, right? What was the name of the guy that owned that place? Mark? His name is Mark, yeah. Yeah. He Mark used to run a CD store in Carrollton, Texas, of all places, where you and I grew up. And that was our stop, man. That was our place to, to get records, to get CDs. Yeah, we, we, we became, I mean, somewhat 
close to the guy as far as like customers go. Yeah, I mean, we were we were just the yeah the kids who 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 were just coming in there looking for shit like this, right? Yeah, he he would help he helped us uh, find a lot of good bands. I remember he would always point us in the right direction. Yeah, definitely. I remember he had like a a, a button maker, and we we bought a ton of buttons from him, like band buttons, and slapped them on our backpacks. Yep. We put yeah, we put it on the uh, on the like the liner of the ceiling in our first car. We just lined it with with band rock band buttons like the Strokes and whatnot. Dude, we destroyed that car. Anyway, that store is dead, but it lives on in, in Denton in a much better, much better location, much better shop. I've been there a couple times. It's pretty sweet setup, dude. Cool. Anyway, um, so yeah, th- these guys honestly, there's not much to tell about them really. Um. I don't think they they got much attention. I mean, they 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 were on a pretty well known emo record label called Vagrant Records, or at least that's where they ended up for this record. We're talking about a record today called "Sorry About Tomorrow." It came out in two thousand two. It was their third studio record, and yeah, this was their first record that they put out. I'm sorry, I'm off on this. It's their fourth record, my bad. But this is their first record under Vagrant Records. And um, this is what I'm talking about. It's so obscure that it doesn't even have its own Wikipedia page. Um, And not to say that that is like, you know, the end all be all of success is having a, you know, a separate If a random person created a a page for you on Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. but it does say that they, they, they are not well-known and popular enough to have that kind of attention devoted to their Wikipedia page, right? But um, Vagrant Records, if I if I t- could, could name off of just a few, if you remember and we're plugged into the, the emo scene, chances are you, you are familiar with this record label. And we're talking about Q. Here we go. You ready? Ready. Alkaline Trio. Oh, yeah. Accursive Memory. Nope. You never heard of them? I uh, me neither. <laughs> Senses fail. That rings a bell. Yeah. Here, here's the big one though. Thrice. Everybody remembers. Oh, yeah. Everybody remembers Thrice. Oh man, I haven't thought about that band in a while. Another band, which is going to be our sidetrack next week. Hey Mercedes. Yes. But uh, you know, Vagrant Records is still around, and they they have still currently signed uh, bands like Mayor Hawthorne, French Kicks, which I love. That's not emo. Bombay Bicycle Club, dude. Uh, we were set to go see them this year, man, and it got canceled. Damn. But no, uh, so so they've they've uh, they've expanded their roster to uh, to to a, a wide range of, of artists nowadays because you got bands like School of Seven Bells on there, Ro- Rogue Wave, Albert Heyman Jr. Hey now, of the Strokes is on Vagrant Records. So there you go. Anyway, um, you say Heyman Jr. Yeah, that's his name, Heyman. I thought it was Hammond. Albert Hammond uh, Jr. Tomato, tomato, cue. Well, I just wanted to say, we're not going to jump into the history of emo or punk on this episode. This one's going to be pretty short. But I want to refer you back to our episode on Jimmy E. World, uh, which was episode 11. And we dive a little bit deeper into that genre of music. Um, we play several different bands to kind of show the progression of the sound. So anyways, that's... Jump back to episode 11 if, you, if you're interested in a little bit more of the history of emo. Um, but yeah, we're not going to really spend that much time doing that today. 
So um, here's here's an interesting fact to you. If in in uh, in 2002, if you ever caught a concert and went and saw Newfound Glory, Dashboard Confessional, Saves the Day, Good Charlotte, Less Than Jake, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, you may have seen Hot Rod Circuit open for them. I mean, there's a big chance that someone who's listening to this saw one of those bands. Yeah, those bands are time. those bands are are, are are the big time, you know. Good and, Charlotte, especially, man. Right, right. I mean, not to say that that they're good or anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, right. I was never a fan of Good Charlotte, but right, they were huge. But interestingly enough, before this record came out, they they did uh, tour with Jimmy World, nice, as well as Reggie and the Full Effect. Which is another band that somebody might be familiar with. I never really gave them a chance, but anyway. So yeah, these guys formed in 1997. They were originally known as Antidote, and they did release an album under that name called Mister Glenbosky, which won the group the Best Unsigned Band of 1998 award by Musician Magazine. So yeah, they were getting some buzz, and um. Here's what I want to do, dude. Let's just play. Let's let's play one track from their early years here, because I wanted to talk about something. Um, I wanted to I wanted to hone in on the sound change that happened between the '90s, the late '90s, uh, in this case, and then the 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 bulk of the music that we play today, because I think it it speaks uh, volumes on how quickly the emo sound changed from the late nineties into the early two thousands. So just, you know, a few years really. So let's play a track off of their 99 record called if I knew now what I knew then. And, uh, so yeah, let's do, let's just do the, uh, the first track. It's called week worn week warm. Yeah. The M looks like an N. Okay. All right. Let's play it. All right. So, pretty standard. I would say that's more. That's closer to punk, like hardcore, yeah, punk, yeah, yeah, exactly. But the voice, especially, um, he, and this is kind of like Jimmy World. Um, 
the voice, like it's almost like he hadn't found his voice yet, or yeah, the you know he just was was changing with with the the times and the sound. Because when you hear some of the music we're going to play off of the record, uh, "Sorry About Tomorrow," it's going to sound like a different singer. It's the same guy, but yeah. but uh, it sounds more like all the popular emo bands that were coming out in the early two thousands. Because that's when you know by the time Jimmy World put out. Um, Bleed American, which was a year before Sorry About Tomorrow comes out, because Bleed American came out in 2001. But anyway, that was what's interesting to me, because I went back and I was like, hey, let me listen to what their early stuff sounded like. And I was like, man, this is not even the same band. They sound so different. And that's because that's because of the scene, man. The emo wave three was just around the corner, you know. Third wave emo, as it were. So anyway, Q... Well, do you mind if I play a little bit off of the album in between? Sorry about tomorrow and yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Let's just take a let's just take a trip, dude. We're on the bus. We're on the school bus. <laughs> let's just keep going. Yeah. So you reached out to me and like, hey man, you should listen to some of Hot Rod's older stuff. And I did the same. And it does kind of you you can see their uh, progression progression. Yeah. Um, and it do, it does kind of seem like he's he's slowly starting to find his style vocally and musically. So here's a song off of an album of theirs called If It's Cool With You, It's Cool With Me. Uh, this album came out in 2000. This song is called You Kill Me. That song a lot dude yeah it's it's a little bit uh more polished i would say than the last one but it still has that kind of like that and this is probably just reflective of the of the the label and the studio that they had access to but it still has that like raw more raw like amateur sound you know yeah i i do appreciate the harmonizing with these guys yeah um yeah. i like especially in this one like it's there's there's harmoni- harmonizing almost the entire time um it's, you know, it's cool. I like it a lot. And yeah, dude, we, we didn't jump back and listen to their older stuff back then, probably because it was, you know, not, it wasn't a Spotify, it wasn't easily accessible to just listen to whatever album you want at all times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like like you were saying, I, I don't know either where or how we came across Hot Rod Circuit. I honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if this was a band that, that Mark pointed us over to yeah maybe uh at cd addict that's possible um 
curious to know what he would like, what would have prompted him to recommend this to us, you know? Maybe, maybe it could have been, hey, if Jimmy you like Jimmy World, World. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and that's the thing. This could have just been, I mean, let's be honest, Q. We were, what, 15? Maybe I just liked the the, the model on the front. Oh, yeah. You know, she bit, looks like she's depressed. There. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, a little, just a, a, a hair. <laughs> but it looks like she, you know, could, could use a friend or something. So maybe I was just sure. like, man, let me just dive into this here. <laughs> anyway. Um, well, let's say this too, man. Uh, of all the albums that we're revisiting for this back to school segment, for whatever reason, this album hits me in the feels the most, dude. Well, this is what I wanted to talk feels. about. Yeah, dude. This is what I wanted to talk about specifically because I'm the same way. And I think it's just because of it must have been the summer that we got our hands on this record. I remember specifically, and this is not going to mean anything to anybody listening, but this was one of the summers that we spent in uh, in Plano, Texas, which is where I live right now. Uh, but uh, with our dads, you know, we, we stayed at our at our dad's house for a summer. And I remember this record was something that I would listen to. And like, that was just a very innocent time, man. This was before we had our car. So we would walk to the, the McDonald's down the street, yep, you know, to, to get some ice cream and shit, get, get yep. a, get a Big Mac to go. Um, so yeah, it's so just you, something so about. So you remember listening to this album before we had our driver's license? Yes, and obviously okay. we continued to listen to it. So you sure, you have it sure. tied like in your head. This is tied to. This is tied to getting driver's around. license, yeah, and having that freedom, you right. know, that you feel when you get a driver's license, yeah, and you know all you have is a curfew that you need you need to be home by a certain time, but other than that, you're free to go hang out at the mall or whatever the hell we used to do. Right. And yeah, I specifically remember listening to this album cranked up because I was just a little punk that played my music way too fucking loud in my car. Yeah. Windows down, you know, and I can just remember, I can just see, you know, the dashboard and the and the steering wheel of our old crappy Chevrolet Tracker. I think it was a 99, 99 Chevy Tracker. Yeah. Um, so yeah, dude, yeah, very, very strong memories tied to this album. Uh, and like you said, really good memories. Good um, memories. Yeah. Um, and that's what I want to talk about. So let's play the song here, Q, uh, our first track here. And this was the one that got you in the feels, right? Big time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So this song is track three. It's called Radiation Suit.
There you go, Q. The summer of 2002. It's back. <laughs> Good song. Good song. Catchy as fuck. Catchy as fuck. So, yeah. Um, what is it about music, dude, that just, it has the power to instantly take you back to, like, a feeling and, like, a, a time. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't More know. so than anything. I don't know how it works, man. Yeah. And I think, obviously, like, you know, the band that, you know, if it's a record that you listen to a ton and then didn't listen to and then revisited, that's when it can become a super, like, time machine. You know what I mean? Because yeah. just like with, I feel like it's the same way with food. Like, I can eat or smell something and be taken back. Me too. To a, a very specific place you know what i mean yeah so it's it can be pretty random too yeah uh like for the longest time anytime i smelled sauteed mushrooms it reminded me of las vegas (laughs) yeah that's weird (laughs) don't know why um but yeah and you know what dude this is random but our older brother spencer just found in a random box in his house this freaking this old like block like playing set where like each side of the block would have like a different like piece of a face and you could piece it together and make all these different faces with it yeah and dude when he sent me that picture i want to talk about a fucking nostalgia trip because like that that's something that i completely forgot existed yeah our dad chimed in and said yeah that that was a toy of mine from my preschool days yeah so if you're if you're uh somebody in your in your 60s, you may remember Changeable Charlie. Yeah. Changeable <laughs> That's Charlie. the name of the product. Like you said, it's a bunch of wooden blocks with yeah. pieces of uh, a person's face on each side, and you would just rotate the blocks and make different faces. But yeah, yeah. dude, like when I'm looking, at, I'm looking at the picture right now. It's insane. When <laughs> I look at it, um, how, oh yeah, I remember that vividly. You know what I mean? So not just music, but yeah, like the the whole thing is, it, it is crazy how much, like how many memories can be stored in a toy or in an a album sound, yeah, or like a, a melody. melody, yeah, it's ins- yeah, it's insane. So um, yeah, to the point of like, like it can it can have a powerful um impact on you. Like if you hear it, and it almost knocks you out of your. Like off your off your feet almost. Well, like I had said to you, I think it was last week when I was revisiting this album again, dude. I, I got almost choked up listening to Radiation Suit again. Just right. I was just flooded with memories that of happens my teenage to me. years. Yeah, exactly. Yes, and and it, it takes you back to that that more innocent time. You yeah. want to know what song did it to me once, big time? To the fact where I had to stop listening, not stop listening. I had to stop what I was doing to keep listening and like yeah, just bask in the. And the memories and the emotion. What? It, it was um, One, Two, Three by Gloria Estefan. Really? Yeah, because. Dude, probably we should the last... do an album on Gloria Estefan. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And dude. get That'd my dad. Great. We need to get our dad on here and, and have him explain himself. Yes. <laughs> explain <laughs> Why himself are you because. so into Gloria Estefan, dad? But explain <laughs> himself in the, in the sense that, like, knowing who he is. Yeah. Where and how did he stumble upon Gloria Estefan? Because I, when I listen to it now, it's like, it's great. This is fantastic. Yeah. Um, but how did he get to Gloria Estefan and why? Like you said, well, why? he was he was a big fan of Sade too. But yes. I mean, totally, completely different, right? Music, you know, kinds of kinds of music. But right. 
But what um, made him decide, hey, you know what? I'm going to listen to Gloria Estefan. And I'm going to tape a live concert of her. Because remember that? We had that oh, on yeah, VHS. I um, that. Anyway, for <laughs> some reason, and this is goofy, but when I heard that song, I don't know, it was probably five, six years ago. When I listened to that record, I was at work. And I was reminded for some reason of sitting on the coffee table in the in the den yeah. where we had a TV and playing yep. Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, shit. But for That's some reason, random. this song made me think of that because I think I, I tie it to that den. Yeah, me maybe. too. I don't know, dude. Anyway, that's a tangent and a half right there. <laughs> but no, that's uh, the whole point of this uh, batch of episodes here is to just bask in nostalgia for, for a few weeks. You know? Yeah, and I know that, you know, unless you're our older brother, Spencer, and if you're listening, I miss you, bud. He doesn't listen anymore. No. Uh, I know these memories don't mean anything to other people, but hopefully, you know, you can kind of, you can definitely relate and you can yeah. connect with what we're saying. Yeah, yeah. And if you've if you if you've ever listened to Gloria Estefan or if you've ever played Sonic the Hedgehog on Sega Genesis, then yeah, you know what we're talking about. Um, you just don't know uh, anything about Carrollton, Texas, probably, <laughs> or our den. <laughs> or what our den unless you're like. unless mitchell's still listening hey mitch what's up mitch? Love you, bud. the original listener all right q um <laughs> let's let's keep going here all right we got two more tracks to play and in the way that that radiation suit hits you in the nostalgia feels q oh yeah this song always gets me man i love this song uh and here's what i wanted to point out uh well first of all like we said like we said earlier notice how much more polished that song is and their sound is on this record compared to the first two tracks we played right it's a little more tame and yes it's, it's not, more poppy yeah there's more not as pop. much yelling i guess if yelling's the right word yeah that style of singing right yeah so here's the thing um you know this is when they get to vagrant records and this is the the is what they sound like right yeah. so i'm reading a, a, a review here this website is called hybridmagazine.com and they're saying here about Radiation Suit, the song perfectly showcases the talent-drenched hot rod circuit product that Vagrant is sure to turn into gold. So basically, this is what Vagrant Records did. Like this is, they took bands with talent and then, you know, sent them through the Vagrant Record machine and then out comes like this really highly produced Right. emo sound you know what i mean so the so the sound engineer you know producer probably you know had had some opinions and suggested they they maybe you know maybe do this song a little bit differently or you know let's try this formula yeah and this is what you get exactly all right let's move along here next track is called safely and i wanted to point out before we hit play what i've always loved about this track is actually the guitar um, it is very melodic the entire time, and I think the guitar player, his name, if you're wondering, is Casey Prestwood. He is perfectly aligned with the vocal melody this whole time, right? And you'll kind of notice that. And then there's this really awesome, like, kind of guitar solo type thing that happens in the middle. So anyway, uh, let's let's listen to it. Uh, the track is called Safely. Burn it, burn it. 
song man yeah and the harmonizing is great right yeah um, and like you said earlier that's something that they that they do a really great job on i don't know if you were paying attention to the guitar line cue i was because you, you yeah you mentioned it really awesome man i love yeah. that because he's, he's got this little thing that he's doing with the, with the guitar kind of like a, a lot of pull-ons and pull-offs and hammer-ons and stuff like that what was that um <laughs> don't usually throw a guitar lingo in there <laughs> um yeah but uh it's really well done and um, I said that there was a guitar solo. I think there is. If you want to, if you want to keep playing, because there's like it's halfway through the song. We don't have to hear the whole thing, but why don't you uh, keep me honest here, Q, and keep keep the track playing so we can hear that solo. All right. Well, before we do that, let's take a quick break. And we're back. All right, dude. Let's see if we can find that guitar solo. Sorry, man. I don't, I don't think we got a guitar solo in this one, dude. Well, oops. <laughs> well, but here's the thing, though. Let's just let's because just... that guitar is so melodic the whole time, it doesn't need a solo. How about that? Okay, good. Yep, that's good. Uh, and I feel like guitar solos in rock music kind of died out around. Like th- this was, it was still very much a thing in the early 2000s. You don't hear that very often anymore. I'm thinking right. of like Jimmy Eat World. Weezer had a bunch of guitar solos in their music. Yeah, even the Strokes, dude, and uh, right, like Kings right. of Leon. It, yeah. You know, at least back then, they had there was a solo. guitar solo in Radiation Suit, the the, yeah. the track we played last. So, yeah, I like that too. Cool. So yeah, um, that's the thing. Uh, you know, we we grew up in the last. I feel like the last decade of guitar-driven rock that made it to the mainstream. You know. Yeah, and we're even and like Jimmy, like even talking about punk rock too. Right. Uh, which is, you know, replacing more structured guitar stuff with power chords. They still threw in some guitar solos here and there. Yeah. 
And by this time, Jimmy World was was all over MTV oh, with yeah. the video for the middle. Uh, everybody remembers that video. Yeah, I love that song. And there was a great guitar solo in that in that song, man. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so I wanted to talk about the lyrics real quick, Hugh, especially if anything, just the the opening line. This always this imagery always stood out to me. Same, dude. I yeah. love this line. Smoke it down until you smell the flesh burning from your fingertips. Now, I don't know about you, but that makes me think immediately of that scene in Aliens where Ripley is just sitting in this room, like traumatized after the events of the first Alien movie. And she's got this cigarette in her fingers that desperately needs to be ashed. You know, it's got this long ass trail. Yeah. Um, she's she's definitely about to smell the, the flesh burning from her fingertips, Q. Yeah, that's a great line. I've always, I've always, always remembered that line. So I googled because I wanted to see that picture, the the, the picture of of the cigarette. Uh-huh. That must have been a thing that James Cameron uh, did because uh, Sarah Connor is also seen in T two. So it's something about him in sequels and his female heroines. Of course, um, he didn't direct the first Alien, but. Uh, Sarah Connor's also smoking a cigarette, and it's even closer to her fingers, cue the ash. But yeah, the lyrics are interesting. I, I feel like it's almost like the the perspective of the person writing the song, I guess the, the singer, is giving advice to somebody, it sounds like, maybe. Like, keep your head up. And follow through. I like that line, too. Good things will come to you. Hope yep. you get there safely. Like, hope you get yeah. on the other side of this depression right. or whatever. Right. Because, uh, like, you know, you'll get there. Just, you know, keep your head down. Keep your head up. I like it. I really like it. Yeah. Good stuff. So anyway, Q, this last track that we're playing is interesting because it sounds to me like he is also reminiscing about his early years in this song and talking about the the town that he grew up in. Um, So, yeah. Anyway, here we go. We're going to wrap it up here with one last track from this record. It's called Cool for One Night.
All right, Q, what do you think? That's another song of theirs that I love, dude, that I that I always remember. Yeah. Good lyrics, dude. I, I like his, yeah. his, his, his style. His cadence, of, right? His, yeah, his lyrics are yeah, really cool. Yeah, really cool. The way that he... he uh, I've always appreciated uh, singers when you read the lyrics back and you're like, man, he kind of broke that sentence up in an interesting way, you know? That is one of our favorite things about Spoon and the yes. way where Daniel writes. Yeah. Right. Uh, the The line that stood out that I really liked... I've lived my life with no regrets, regardless of circumstance or chance I'd have to take. Yeah. It's a good line. Yeah. How many times has the word regardless been used successfully in a song, <laughs> but he, he manages to do it? Um, it sounds like he's looking back on this town he grew up in, saying this town was cool for one night, early July, childhood friends have all grown up, and I don't think that I can even remember one time that this place felt quite like home. So one night, dude, he had a great fucking night in the summer. Um, and it's never felt quite like home. See, like what now, it did then. to me, that makes me think that whoever he's writing about, whether it be himself or someone else, didn't have a good childhood. Uh, yeah. Because if, if, if you, you know, if you lived in a, a, a broken home, quote unquote, you know, or shitty parents or whatever your circumstances may be, I wouldn't think of that as home if I look back on my childhood and, and realized how shitty it was. I don't know. That's just me thinking out loud here. Yeah. Well, he's saying that uh, that it was cool for one night this time. Right. <laughs> right. So, anyway. I mean, maybe it was just a really, like, maybe the temperature, you know, is a nice, cool breeze. Maybe it was, yeah, maybe <laughs> a, cold, cold, a cold front came in <laughs> in early July. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's probably what it's about. Uh, all right. Anyway, Q, that's it. So I'm going to read. I'm going to read a, a pretty good summary of the record. Uh, again, I'm, I'm going to quote Hybrid Magazine here. He says here: Overall, one could make the case that "Sorry About Tomorrow" is the definitive record to summarize the current pop punk emo scene. There's the new wave nostalgia, the intuitive but effective harmonies, the angular guitar lines the hummable melodies, and the angst, all wrapped up with masterful songwriting and impeccable musicianship. That's a pretty damn good summary of the record, right? Yep, totally. And I think he's right that like the, this record is the perfect you know, encapsulation of that sound. Yeah. And like in 2002, like we were at the peak of that. And, you know, I've always wondered um, what did, yeah, I mean, we were the perfect age for this time type of music, but people who grew up in the '80s, unless you were into the into the early early emo scenes, like what do you, what, what do they think of this kind of music? You know what I mean? I've always wondered about that too. Man. I mean, there was music that was considered angsty and, and 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 whatnot back in the in the '60s and '70s, right? I mean, there had to be just oh, maybe yeah. it didn't sound like this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I wonder if that's how older generations thought about shoegaze and dream pop when it first came out you know yeah well i mean if you think about it like or new wave i i, I can't stand a lot of new music now i'm not going to listen to i'm not going to grab uh t swift's nearest record <laughs> or uh and that's the thing t swift gets a lot of respect you know i i respect her as a musician sure uh and as a as a marketer and all that stuff yeah um but uh, you know a lot of times with the 
the lyrics and stuff, I can't relate to it. And I know, you know, if, if you were, if you've never heard this record before, the record we're talking about, you probably can't relate to it either, you know? Well, I was just reminded of this. I will never forget. Around this time, we were playing a lot of music, a lot of these albums in our dad's car. Like he would let us take over the the CD player in, in the car when we were driving places. Yeah. And I remember, didn't matter who it was, if it was the White Stripes or Hot Rod Circuit or Jimmy World, every time her dad would chime in and be like, is this, is this a new Blink-182 record? <laughs> For yeah. some reason to him, right. everything sounded like Blink-182. And I think he was referring to the power chords or like the simple, super simple song melodies. Right. But he, he would always say that. And we're like, what are you talking about? This sounds nothing like Blink-182. It's like, you know, how can you not see the difference, Dad? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> But he would also, it would be interchangeable. It would be, is this new Blink-182 record? Or it would be, is this Metallica? <laughs> if it had a slight, uh, <laughs> any sort of distortion, yeah. Then it would be it's just Metallica, dude. I, I hope like, no. I hope Dad not. listens to this episode and and chimes in, dude. <laughs> if he's scrolling through our records, he's gonna swipe right past Hot Rod Circuit, dude. He's gonna be like we, Hot Rod who? You said if he's scrolling through our records, you meant to say episodes. Yeah, <sighs> you know what? Records, episodes, same thing. I guess I meant the records that we're talking about. That must have been what I meant. If he's scrolling through iTunes, he's not going to, Hot Rod Circuit's not going to jump out at him as something that, oh, I got to listen to this one. You know? That's true. But if he does, hopefully he gets a laugh out of that one. Well, all said with love. <laughs> yeah, of course. Sure. <laughs> but I always thought that was funny, man. Yeah. Right. And that's just probably just, uh, you know, dad joke. He's just fucking with us. Right. I mean, I would do the same thing. The funny thing is, Q. If I had a, a kid who was, uh, you know, a preteen or something like that, listening to insert today's random pop artist right. here, it would sound, it would all sound the same to me too. In fact, that's what I say about, you know, pop music these days is it does sound the same. Now, is that just me being old? Probably. It's because it's all written by the same 15 people. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. Right. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, I think that's what always stood out to me about this record. And why I like to go back to it is kind of what this person was saying in this review. It really does have a high level of like musicianship and songwriting that made them stand out, uh, you know, above the crowd of, of all the other bands that were putting out music like this back in the day. You know, um, I uh, the, the guitar playing is great. The harmonies are great. And the way that, the, the, that they structure their songs are really interesting and different, you know. Yeah, but uh, maybe that's because I didn't listen to enough of this type of music, and it turns out they sound like everybody else. I don't know. Um, I didn't listen to. I wasn't a, a full blown emo head. I would kind of you know admire it from the sidelines and stuff. So yeah. So if you were a full blown emo head in the early two thousands, or if you were a little bit older, uh, reach out to us on Twitter. Let us know what you think about this band. You know, or, or let us know what you think about punk emo kind of stuff. Uh, I'm curious to know what, what people think of this stuff. Because like you were saying, we were 15, 16 years old. The perfect age at the time for this kind of music. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to know what other people think of it. 
Yeah, and tell us who else we should talk about because we're going to stay in this in this vein for quite a bit here. So yeah, um, yeah. Although we've got our we got our plan, we got our roadmap here on the on the the tour bus, the school tour bus queue. We know all the stops. So I'm we're excited hit. for the next full length, dude. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right, let's wrap it up, dude. It's what yes. you heard. Time. All right, man. I got a doozy, and this is as fresh as it gets. Oh, I'm gonna let you go first, brother. Yeah, because I'm already I'm I I'm uh, insisting on going first because I'm about to knock your socks off with this one. I'm ready. So I the funny thing is I had another song picked out for at least a week of like all right this is it this is what I'm gonna bring to the table for what you heard and then I heard this song maybe three hours ago and I was like holy shit and this is a newer track too so you're hyping um, it up brother oh man. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to describe it at all. I just want to play it and let you react to it. Okay. But I've never heard of this this group. They are called Tops. And like I said, I I literally heard this song maybe three hours ago, so I haven't really looked into them too much. But they are from Montreal. It is a songwriting duo of Mr. David Carrier. That's probably French. I probably screwed that up. <laughs> And Jane Penny, and she seems to be the, the 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 singer. But I would say, actually, no, I'm not going to say anything because I want to see if you agree with me. All right, so this record came out uh, last month, uh, April 3rd, so it's pretty fresh. Uh, the record is called "I Feel Alive," and I'm going to play the first track called "Direct Sunlight." So here we go. This is "Direct Sunlight" by Tops. Hard not to like it, right? Yeah, it's that great, like, disco pop 
kind of sound. Reminds me a lot of Alpine. Did you ever get into them? The name rings a bell for sure. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, I did. And the, the whole record is like that. Um, that fucking anyway, flute uh, solo or whatever yeah, that was. Dude, really cool. Um, th- I'll tell you what, who I was reminded of. And, and definitely throughout the record, they, they had some Fleetwood Mac vibes to them. A little bit. Yeah. On some of the more kind of poppy Fleetwood Mac stuff. And I don't know this is just me, but I was feeling some Doobie Brothers. Okay. Just like... Like it made me think Just of what a what a Michael McDonald. Yeah, yeah, I fuck, dun, dun, dude. Dun, dun, that's one of my favorite songs dun, dun, of all time. Yeah, me too. There, I said it. I fucking love it that is song, a great man. song, dude. Holy shit, the the melody that 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 hook. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, cute. So, um, I guess I'm gonna save my track that I did have in mind for next week because it's a it's a good one. But this was really fresh in my mind here, so I wanted to play it. But uh, anyway, really good record. Um. It's one of those records you can just say play on and let it go. It's called I Feel Alive. And again, the band is called Tops. All right, Q, uh, what you got for us today? All right, man. So I'm taking us back to 1971. Uh, A few nights ago, I dedicated an evening to Sir Paul McCartney. I listened to a few Wings records, and I kind of moved over to his solo stuff, stuff that he did with, with Linda. So would you say that you were encouraged to do this after our episode on the unplugged? Yes, McCartney. Absolutely show. that because yeah, I remember thinking, why the hell haven't I given one of the Beatles, the best singer songwriters of all time? Yeah, a proper yeah. proper listen. It's an excellent question. Yeah. So um, this is an album called Ram, uh, and I'm going to play a song that just right when I heard it, I, I, I was thinking like, holy shit. Paul McCartney did it first because uh, you'll probably reckon uh, you, you will immediately think of the same band. Okay. Um, dude, I, it's such a great song. Uh, so this song is called Monkberry Moon Delight.
Yeah, it's pretty incredible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, if if you had played that song and didn't tell me who it was, <laughs> I would immediately think, oh, it's Man Man. Yeah, dude. Uh, so now we know where he got that sound from. Because there's no way that he didn't listen to that record. That's what I'm that saying. That song man. in particular, and say, "All right, I can make a whole band out of this." And yeah, if you don't, if you're not familiar with a band called Man Man, uh, I'd say usually one of the most memorable bands that I've ever come across. And yeah. they've got that sound. I don't know how else to describe it other than to say it. Just I've always described it as like if you were on a pirate ship and you went down underneath, you know, to grab a, a pint or something. There could be a little house band on the pirate ship playing a tune like this. It sounds like a pirate yes. band. A little shanty tune. Yeah. On. Yeah. Um, it's it's very possible that we could uh, do an episode on on Rabbit Habits, one of their oh, records came out in 2008. We should definitely um, do that sometime. But yeah, it's, it's one of those, like you said, it's you've never heard anything like it until you listen to McCartney, right? Because like, yeah. for you and I who have never heard that, like you said- but yeah, McCartney did it first. And that's probably, you know, the answer is probably yes to a lot of times <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> to that, right? Or yeah. if the question is, did McCartney do it first or did the Beatles do it first? The answer is probably always going to be yes, right? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, uh, but yeah, and that's dude, cool. uh, Man Man needs to cover the song if they haven't already. Fuck yeah, they do. That's what <laughs> I was thinking could too. kill it. Yes. And it even, that's even the, the name is exactly what, how Man Man names their songs. Yeah. Monkberry Moon Delight. Right. I mean, come on, man. If you look at the track listing on Rabbit Habits, you've got Hurley Burley, the Ballad <laughs> yeah. of Butter Beans. Yeah. Especially if you go to their records before that, like Six Demon Bag. So, yeah, I you love got that album, songs dude. like uh, Black Mission Goggles, Banana Ghost. Anyway. Yeah. Maybe we could do that record, dude. That one's got some great oh, yeah. on it. We should do a an episode devoted to that live performance that they did from uh, Amoeba, Amoeba Records. Yeah. Because yeah. that was amazing. Uh, you know, the funny thing, that, that I think that's when we decided um, without any doubt that we were fans of, of music more so than anything when yeah. we were at the show. We, so we, we saw them live at this tiny venue and we were pumped because of the kind of show that we knew that they put on. And we were front row and we were stoked as hell. And then somebody started a mosh pit and you and I got pissed because we were there to see them perform right. and not fuck around with a bunch of morons who were there to mosh. And so we bounced actually. Yeah, because, we, because it was, yeah, it was a shitty time, dude. Yes. It's like, dude, I'm here to see the, I'm here to see the fucking drummer. Who's an amazing drummer. I saw them open for Modest Mouse in Austin. Ooh, uh, damn. That's yeah. And, and it was an amazing show. That must've been a great show. Yeah. So again, that was Paul and Linda McCartney, a song called Monk, Monkberry Moon Delight off of their album from 1971, Ram. All right, dude, that's going to do it for us today. Next week, we're going to cover another band that... Uh, same record label. Same record label as Hot Rod Circuit, a band that we also listened to. And I, dude, I, I know for sure that I picked up this album at CD Addict. I remember buying it there. Uh, no one cares. Uh, it's a band called Hey Mercedes. Uh, so until then, thank you as always for listening. You can find us on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Uh, it is a podcast network dedicated to all things music. A lot of great shows within the network. 
That's pantheonpodcasts.com. We also have our own website, nofillerpodcast.com. There you can find all of our episodes. You can also click through show notes and follow links to any of the articles that we used in the episode. And we've also got track listing and, you know, other fun things like that on there. You can also reach out to us on Twitter. We are at nofiller, right? Isn't that what it is? At No Filler Podcast. No. Give us a shout. We are pretty good at responding. So, uh, yeah, if you want to interact with us, you can do that on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, we will be shouting out you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess we'll just fade out with another Hot Rod Circuit song. I'm not sure what which one. Do you have one in mind you want to fade out with? Uh, yes. And um, I have no idea if this is going to sound good or not because I've never heard it. But in that article that I referenced a few times on uh hybrid magazine they compare jackson andrew jackson andy jackson and andrew jackson that's the president that's the singer of hot rod circuit which i don't think i even mentioned his name but uh they compared his vocals in uh the radiation suit track to somebody named jake burns and i said who's this well, i looked it up it's a punk rock singer from the 70s so we're going to listen to a record from 1979 a band called Stiff Little Fingers. And I'm just going to, let's just play the first track, the number one track on Spotify to close us out here. Cause this apparently, according to this, uh, this article here, it sounds like a hot rod. So this could be an early influence of his. This song is called Alternative Ulster. That'll do it for us this week. Uh, my name is Travis. And my name is Quentin. Yeah, I'll take care now. My name is Damone Carter, a.k.a. Dem One. And I'm Nate LeBlanc. And we are two-thirds of the crew that hosts the Dad Bod Rap Pod. Our third co-host is internationally acclaimed hip-hop writer David Ma. As the name of the show suggests, Dad Bod Rap Pod is a podcast where men of a certain age discuss, debate, and dissect rap music. While we are somewhat classicist in our tastes and grew up listening to hip-hop from the 80s until now, we are also interested in the music's present and future. 
Over the past 115 episodes, we have interviewed rap legends like Prince Paul, Del the Funky Homo Sapien, Roxanne Shante, Cool Keith, DJ Premier, and even the proto-rap group The Last Poets, just to name a few. We also make it a point to talk to writers, commentators, and creatives shaping the genre. We've interviewed journalists and best-selling authors like Nathaniel Friedman, Jeff Weiss, Hanif Abdul-Rakib, and Adam Mansbach. And as Nate mentioned, even though we are products of the 80s, 90s, we take time out to talk to some of the most important voices in rap today. Groups and individuals like Little Brother, Open Mike Eagle, Billy Woods, and Rap Ferrer. If you don't recognize any of those names, that's okay, because what we love most on this podcast is to introduce old school fans of rap music to new music that we know you will love. New episodes every week on Thursday. We are the Dad Bod Rap Pod. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.